podcasts from Aberdeen Standard Investment Trusts. Invest in good company. Hello and welcome to the latest in the Aberdeen Standard Investment Trust podcast series. Today we're talking to Harry Nimmo and Abby Glenny, managers on the Standard Life UK Smaller Companies Trust, on what they're looking for from a smaller company and the year ahead for the sector. Abby, I wonder if we could start by setting out the parameters for the trust. How are you defining small cap and what sort of companies does this lead you to in practice? Thanks, Cherry. So when we're thinking about small cap and the investable universe, we think about the Numis plus AIM ex-investment trust industry, which is really the bottom 10% of the market. And at the moment, when that rebalanced in January, that included companies below one and a half billion market cap. I think what's really important for us is that we include AIM in that universe. AIM has been an increasingly attractive universe for us to invest in. It's very diverse, it's got a good sector spread, and now it's full of profitable businesses who are paying dividends and importantly also have good corporate governance. Cool, thanks, Harry. And um, sticking with you, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about what's important to you when you're analysing a smaller company and, and actually whether that changed at all over the course of 2020. Of course. So the focus of our investment process is on quality growth momentum. And importantly, that's been true for over 20 years now in the UK smaller company space and the way we invest. So we definitely didn't change that in 2020 or because of COVID. We believe that actually investing in quality growth momentum is really how you drive outperformance in smaller companies. And importantly, we want to take a lower risk approach towards investing. And that really comes from that quality focus within our process. So we're looking for aspects like strong balance sheets, which mean that, for instance, businesses are able to invest and to grow. Importantly as well, we think part of the um, key aspect that we do is meeting management teams. You know, that engagement with companies is critical for our fundamental research. And actually, we increasingly, um, we importantly, like founder-run businesses as well. We see a lot of that in the UK space. We also, one thing with smaller companies is we like to ensure that these businesses continue to invest in the infrastructure and the systems that they need to grow. Because I think the lack of support for growth is often the downfall of many smaller companies. And the last thing we're really looking for is businesses where we think there's a potential for earnings upgrades relative to expectations. Great. Okay. Thanks, Harry. Um, Harry, turning to you, how did, I mean, 2020 was obviously an extraordinary year. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how it played out for the companies in in your portfolio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for that. Um, Actually, 2020, you're right. It was, it was, it was a difficult year for us uh, in many ways. Uh, there, there were some dramatic changes in markets. First off, we did extremely well. Our process, focusing on quality growth momentum, provides real resilience in difficult market conditions, and this is what we found in March. And indeed, March was the uh, was the best year of relative performance I think we've ever had. Um, as our stocks, our stable growth quality stocks, uh, held up better than the market. And indeed, in the, uh, in the COVID period, right up to the discovery of the vaccine on the, on the 9th of November, or the announcement, 
an announcement there of our funds did really well as uh, smaller companies started to recover, but it's still it was those resilient quality growth companies that led the way. Now, the discovery of the vaccine changed all that. Uh, what you see, you've seen since then has been uh, a, a reversion, uh, a, a massive sector rotation to what I call uh, cyclical stocks uh, that can benefit from things getting better. In many ways, it's we we called it before. We've seen it before at this stage in other recessions. It's very like uh, actually the banking, the aftermath of the banking crisis in the middle of two thousand and nine. I, I call it, and many other commentators call it, a dash for trash. The lowest grade companies that were hit hardest are the ones that recover strongest in that early phase. So that has led to underperformance from the 9th of March, and particularly in the, the week following um, the, the announcement of the vaccine. And that has actually continued into, into 2021. Did you make any um, sort of major changes to the portfolio during the year? Our, we have just stuck uh, uh, religiously uh, to our investment process of quality growth momentum led by our matrix system that helps us to find a short list of stocks. Obviously, there have been um, buys and sells throughout the period, but our process is unchanged. We don't try and turn the portfolio around in response to uh, uh, top-down changes. We keep going with our process all the time. We accept that there are periods when we underperform, like after November uh, um, 2020, like the middle of 2009, and actually um, the middle of 2003 was a difficult period for us as we recovered from the the dot-com bubble period. Uh, So there have not been uh, major structural changes to the portfolio. Obviously, there have been stocks going in and out. There are many stocks that are done incredibly well during the period, like uh, JD Sports uh, and Decra, um, Big Yellow and Aviva, that we have sold because they're actually no longer um, no longer small caps any longer. Some of them are indeed in the FTSE 100. So we must be selling those and recycling the money into the, the next things that are coming through. But there's none where you've thought the environment that that we're going to emerge into post-COVID sort of fundamentally changes the investment thesis or anything like that? Well, we just, we simply um, keep going with our process. Uh, I can tell you about um, virt- some sectors that have actually, uh, we've increased our exposure to, and because the, uh, they, they've, exhibited uh, higher matrix scores. I'm I'm talking about uh, uh, financial services, uh, leisure goods, uh, and media in particular. Uh, And those sectors, weightings have actually uh, uh, gone up um, significantly in in, in the the year in question. Okay, thanks, Harry. Um, Abby, I, I wonder if we could turn to you and just talk a little bit about the investment trust structure. I mean, it it feels like theoretically, um, not having to manage inflows and outflows should be helpful in a in what was a very turbulent year. But it, 
was that the case? And, and are there other reasons why the investment trust structure helped you during 2020? I think definitely one of the benefits of an investment trust structure is not having to worry about the outflows, you know, less so the, the inability, I guess, to have natural inflows. Um, and on the face of it, you'd think that that was helpful, uh, you know, not having to worry about outflows in a turbulent year. But I would say, actually, that um, because of our strong performance and I think our, our long term shareholder base, actually, that was not a problem that we saw in our open ended vehicles either. Um, but one of the other benefits we have of the investment trust structure, and in particular this trust, is also the uh, discount protection mechanism that we have. You know, and we do have the ability to buy back stock, and that is earnings enhancing to our existing shareholders. Um, and we did do that in the middle of last year as well. Great. Okay. Thank you, um, Harry. Going turning back to you, um, what are the main themes in the portfolio today and, and where are you finding opportunities at the moment? Yeah, so I mentioned the uh, um, the, the sectors that we are, are heaviest in, and this is a product of our, our bottom-up stock selection. So it's, it starts with uh, software. Um, we're always growth-orientated and we have very large positions in, 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 in some themes like dig digitalization and Kenos is the uh, the leading um, exponents of that. That this is a company actually based in uh, in Belfast. Um, they provide digitalisation services mainly to to governments, local governments, and quangos and the like, helping uh, to take the paperwork out of interactions between government and business, or between the government and and the individual. And they are most helpful when the uh, when government was setting up its um, its its furloughing program, for instance, and also they come into their own when all the all the with all the new digital processes required uh, with the UK leaving uh, the European Union and all the, the different interactions between government and business that that will result in. So that's a, a big um, a big theme in the portfolio. And the next one, I would say financial services, long-term savings and trading, um, managing portfolios online is a, is, is a key theme. And through stocks um, uh, like AJ Bell, um, like um, Lion Trust and, and Impacts, uh, Mattioli Woods um, and the like, and in particular Lion Trust and Impacts, um, specialists among other things specialist fund managers amongst other things in in ESG investing that's very much the uh, uh, the, the mood of the moment shall we say and looks like it's it's really uh, really got legs uh, so that's a a major new theme so we're overweight in financial services uh, in that area as well fund administration is very important to us it's a very long-term business. It's very sticky business, long-term long contracts, uh, five years and more, where there's loads of visibility of earnings, and, and we like that a lot. Leisure goods is, is still a big theme, perhaps less so now, but that includes things like computer games, um, hobby games, uh, games workshop, um, techno music through the likes of Focusrite, uh, selling musical instruments online, uh, gear for Music, um, and Team 17, the other the computer game stock. Uh, these 
I suppose these, this theme was kickstarted by COVID, but it's not going to end with COVID. It's just accelerating what was happening uh, already. Media is also coming to its own a bit. Um, we see lots of uh, new companies here. It's a better quality sector. Uh, it's a really discovery of the paywall, the ability of uh, these media companies to get the consumers to pay for media services like uh, magazines, newspapers and the like, through companies like uh, Future and through high quality uh, market research. We're seeing that through companies like uh, Global Data. So uh, these are some of the key themes that come through in the fund. Uh, we, we tend to downplay the more cyclical sectors. Uh, there's not much in terms of building materials or, or house building um, or, um, or even retailers in, in the portfolio, at least of the, uh, the old style retailers uh, have uh, pretty much gone. Great. And how do um, how do valuations look today? I mean, both both small cap relative to large cap, um, also relative to their history and possibly relative to their international peers as well. I should point out that um, valuations do not um, lead our investment process. Um, uh, quality growth and momentum does, led by our matrix. We've never found that buying a uh, portfolio of so-called cheap stocks is a good idea um, in smaller companies. Actually, what you're buying, you're buying trouble. You're buying profit warnings. Uh, you're buying dividend cuts. You're potentially buying bankruptcy. So we tend to avoid um, uh, the really cheap stocks. And certainly our back testing shows that portfolios of cheap stocks actually do underperform quite sharply in the, in the long term. Uh, so just, um, just bear that in mind. Now, what we've seen since uh, November the 9th with the uh, vaccine discovery is our high-quality uh, stocks um, trade off quite significantly. And indeed, comparing the valuations, I think this is the right way to look at it, of our portfolios with where they were a year ago or uh, five years ago, they're actually looking remarkably cheap um, compared with past history. Um, now, our portfolios, reflecting their quality, their growth and their momentum, are never going to look cheap, but they certainly look a lot cheaper than they compared with the, uh, the, the, the recent and indeed long-term history of the uh, portfolio. So actually, we think it's a, it's a pretty good buying opportunity for our investment trust. Abby, ESG has become big news over the past year and is obviously a key part of the investment process at ASI. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how this happens in small cap space? Of course. So ESG is really embedded at the core of our research process. And, you know, importantly for us, it's a really key aspect of that focus on quality and that lower risk approach that we take. Actually, on the desk as well, we've... Um, We've invested in terms of our resource for ESG. And last year we hired uh, Juliana Leventi, who's our on-desk ESG expert. So while ESG is the responsibility of all the analysts in the, de in the desk, you know, Juliana has really helped us in terms of that depth and breadth of ESG expertise that we have. You know, we also do work closely with the, the very large and um, 
and very knowledgeable central ESG investment team we have. You know, for us on smaller companies, we very much look at both the risks and the opportunities that ESG aspects present. You know, and importantly, you know, we have that engagement with management teams on a regular basis. And in all of those meetings, we will be also focusing on ESG aspects. A couple of nuances with smaller companies I would highlight would be, you know, firstly, we do like to utilize ESG data, but unfortunately in smaller companies, um, that's not an ideal process because you know, many of the companies are not covered or actually many of them are actually covered badly. So what we find is it's a real opportunity for us to add value by doing that own fundamental research ourselves. Um, similarly, you know, we engage with management teams. Actually, a lot of these smaller companies have limited resource internally to focus on ESG. So actually, many of them are quite keen to engage with us and for us to be able to help um, advise them and encourage them towards what ESG aspects they should be sharing with shareholders. Also, things like, you know, I, I said, we really like to invest in founder-run businesses. You know, actually, some investors see that as a negative. And I think that's a key in smaller companies. And another reason that, you know, screening in ESG or passive investing in ESG, I think, does not work very well. You know, I think it needs to be about those nuances and that real engagement. And particularly where I would say you can't trust all of the data that's out there. And could we just finish off, Harry, by talking a little bit about the the future? I mean, how optimistic are you feeling about economic recovery and the outlook for small caps? I am looking optimistic. Um, I'm, I've been optimistic since March the 19th because that was the start of the new cycle. And I suppose for the five years previous to March the 19th, I was... Uh, Pessimistic because I've been predicting a downturn for for years and years and years. It was never it was never happening. This upturn was going on for so long. So in some ways, this COVID emergency kind of clears the air, and we now know that we we're we're through the worst and we're in into the recovery phase. And in the recovery phase, in the earlier part of the economic cycle, smaller companies do better. This is what the history uh, teaches us. And we are in that cycle, and that's good for us. Now, in the early stages, we uh, will underperform as all the cyclical dash for trash stuff goes up, but we will underperform a, a rising smaller companies market. And we find that investors are, are less concerned when we're showing good absolute returns, lower than our, uh, our small cap benchmarks, but still showing good returns. And then after this dash for trash phase is over, which should be in the next few months, uh, our investment process really comes into its own again. So the medium and long-term outlook for our investment process is strong. And remember, we've been following this process since January 1997, uh, unchanged in 24 years. Uh, it's backed, back-tested by our matrix and we feel that our performance demonstrates that it works in the medium to long term. Great. OK, thank you, Harry and Abby, for your time today and those insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the trust at www.standardlifeuksmallercompaniestrust.co.uk. And please do tune into future podcasts. 
This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for information purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments of products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen Standard Investments. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns. Return projections are estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.